you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting and DJ Impact. I got the Bad Boys here with me. And thanks for hanging out with us. We are um, doing three counts. We got three good topics for you today. And, um, you know, we'll see where everybody stands. And you can let us know where you stand as well. If you're watching us live, feel free to put in your comments. And I know some people may ask, well, you know, we, we always hear that to put the comments in live, where do we do that? Well, we, we, you have to be on Facebook live. And if you just go to Vegas bad boys, just make sure that you follow us and you get the notifications. They come Sunday around 8 PM ish. And then nine 30 ish for the second show. And if you just be on Facebook live, that's where we get a lot of the comments. So feel free to, uh, to join us at that time. And you can throw your comments in. All right. So let's start with the uh, the three count. The first one is from DailyDDT.com, and it is titled that Braun Strowman should head to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, just to read a little bit of the article, it says, it has been covered in numerous sources that he will be performing in September at QPW Super Slam 3 in guitar on February 26th. 2022 and although that event is still a ways off his being signed for that event speaks volumes yet even though it's far off as far as events go he's been training and he looks ring ready to say the least the fact that he's doing this show leads many to believe that he will sign rather with aew as it's possible to perform in other promotions while signed there as so many aew stars do and conversely, WWE frowns upon it, and their schedules doesn't permit it anyway. So where he ends up, of course, still up in the air, no matter how crazy the aforementioned rumors are and what they allude to. But perhaps, though, he should consider going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He has been a WWE guy since the beginning of his career, and a turn in New Japan Pro would add to his allure and his experience it would be a great move for him uh, looking forward. And then it just goes on a little bit talking about how Doc, uh, Doc Gallows, um, who's also started their career with New Japan, um, I guess they were just trying to compare how uh, both of those are big guys, um, strong men, and that their ring styles are very similar. And so they just kind of say how that works well for, for Doc and how that can work very well for Strowman as well. All right. Let me go over just because I, Sin City, we, um, when it comes to New Japan, uh, you definitely know a lot more than um, a few of us here. But what's your thoughts on this? What, what do you see as far as Braun Strowman? Do you think that his next move should be trying to go over to New Japan? I think that his, his 
next move should be trying to go to Japan in any Fed that he can get, um, whether it's New Japan or even All Japan. Um, All Japan has a a different kind of a uh, in ring style. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely, they value. Um, how should we say this? Um, hosses. Um, so whereas New Japan, they tend to gravitate more toward the uh, the the more average sized competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys in All Japan are just absolute tanks and monsters, and it's. It's almost like watching, you know, Godzilla versus, uh, you know, Kong, and uh, and that kind of shit. Depending yeah. on when they have when when they have two, you know, two major major names, buttonheads um, in all Japan, it it they definitely don't get nearly as much press as what they deserve. But I think for that reason, mainly is why he won't go there. Is he's gonna have to have an area where he's going to get some recognition mm-hmm. even back here in the States. Um, all Japan really has not garnered too much of a fan base here in the U S uh, for one reason or another. So new Japan definitely would work and keep in mind, mm-hmm. here's a guy that's six, eight and he's shredded now. Like dude has taken this time since he's been away from WWE yeah. to focus on just cutting weight and also just, gaining muscle Mm -hmm. um so he dude has put in the work to say the very least okay and he i think that he would definitely prosper in a japanese fed especially um if 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 you want to to go down the route of new japan Mm -hmm. yeah he'll definitely be the biggest guy there with without (laughs) question sure and he will truly be a monster among men let me ask you simon street i mean Again, this is the WWE guy. Um, he's definitely got the uh, the name and 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 the familiarity with most people is going to know who he is. Um, do you see New Japan being something he should consider or not really consider that? Maybe just try to go right into maybe an AEW uh, with the opportunity that if he chooses to go to New Japan, uh, he more than likely will because AD does AEW does allow it. What's your take on that? I think, you know, along the same lines of what Sin City Steve was saying, definitely go to Japan. Um, That's actually a formula that has proven very well to a lot of people before, to where you go to New Japan, build up your name internationally, uh, and then kind of go from there. And the one thing I feel like he really has going for him is, for the longest time, we've only seen Braun Strowman built one way. This is his opportunity to really just, as you know, Steve says, he looks shredded. He definitely has lost some weight, more cut. Um, hopefully he'll change up a couple of things with his promos. Maybe not sound so monstrous, I guess. I don't know. It's a perfect opportunity, in yeah. other words. Yeah. And uh, if he does it just right with the same formula that has been great for a lot of people, I think by the time, five years' time, maybe three years' time, he comes back, WWE is going to be looking at the chops to get him back. AEW, they're going to still be here. They're going to be – just stock is going to go that much higher. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, let's jump over to you, Matt. Um, what would be your take on on this, this particular topic? Um, Braun Strowman, I mean, WWE guy um, – could be very successful in New Japan. I, one thing for sure, it looks like that uh, New Japan is definitely um, 
a company, I guess, that gets a lot of um, respect within the wrestling community where I guess if you can go there and, 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 and do well and become successful that you more than likely can, you know, in all the other promotions do very well. You think this would be a good look for Braun Strowman to consider? You know, I, I honestly, I don't really care for Braun Strowman in general. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is that you, comparing him to Gallo is a very bad comparison. And that is when Gallo was in the WWE, he was not a dominant force that was pushed as a champion. And then when they realized that there's no one to wrestle him, mm-hmm. that's the problem with Braun. They, they realized, that, what do we do with this guy? Right. So I don't care if he goes to AEW or to Japan or to Poughkeepsie. <laughs> um, you know, Sean had a good point. Um, if he's not careful, he'll end up like Ryback. And that's not a bad comparison. Because I think that Robert Beck essentially had kind of the same thing. You put him in a situation where he was this dominant type character. And he was nearly, he was not nearly as big as Braun. And Braun's size is kind of a a detriment. And you can tell by the pictures that one of the things that he's trying to do is size down. Which is now a catch-22. Because if you're going from such a big guy to now a cut guy, now the question is, well, is he big enough to be the same presence he was once? Right. So he, he's just in a really – from day one, he's always been in a bad situation because he's not Andre the Giant. And to some, of the, to, to some extent and to, to you know, more of a comparison – he wasn't even the big show, man, because Braun didn't have the same personality that show did. Right. So, yeah. Um, when you only have those kind of, you know, few guys, um, let's face it, Braun was a bigger guy than Undertaker, and Undertaker is a big guy. Quite frankly, Undertaker, Kane, those guys had something. They had something. Braun has something missing, man. And I don't, I don't know what it is, yeah. but it, it's, it's and, tough. And like Steve said, if he goes to New Japan, he's wrestling smaller guys. If he goes and he wrestles the big hosses, um, I, I fret to think that there might be injury involved at that point too, because of the fact that I don't know if Braun is really that good of a worker. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just awkward, man. Um, I don't – is is anyone really crying? Is anyone going, man, I can't – I want Braun Strowman back on wrestling. And I think that's one of the, the telltale factors. I don't think there's a lot of people out there just screaming for Braun right now. Whereas Bray, people, you know, want to see Bray. Yeah. So. Chris just said Luke Gallows didn't become Gallows until he went to New Japan. Before then, he was a corn-fed colossus named Festus that was a mute until a bell rang. <laughs> no, no. See, now you're already losing the story here. Remember, Luke was also CM Punk's little boy toy. 
So, mm-hmm. and that's where he became, he started to become kind of different than the Festus thing. Yeah, straight edge society, right? He was part right. of Yep. So, and then once that, once he got released after that, that's when he went to New Japan. The thing with Braun is, regardless of where he goes, he is Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. That's, Gallows didn't have that attached to him. Yeah. And so Gallows could create another, you know, uh, another incarnation. And you could realistically put him in a tag team with a buddy of his and in, in, in a, you know, a club like that and whatnot. Whereas, we saw it with um, with him in the Wyatt family. Yeah, it, it lasted for only as long as it could last before it's like, well, we got to do something else with him. We give him the push, and he does. You know, he does all this extreme stuff, like you know, dismembering cars and pushing over ambulances and whatever the hell else they had him do. So you made him that much of a monster. And if he goes in the ring and loses to Rey Mysterio, you right. kind of fucked yourself. So. But you know, what really killed it for, for Braun Strowman toward the end, at least for me is that whole fucking bullshit program. He was for like, uh, I've been bullied my whole life. People have been talking to that stupid shit. He did with Shane. That was the dumbest fucking shit ever. Because they did what they did with the big, the big show. They made him look like a fucking little <laughs> dude, dude. It was just a train. We need to stop making big men be big, big teddy bears. That shit is fucking old. Yeah, but, not... but, but, but you just hit on the reason that it it doesn't work for guys. And that is because if you don't make them another dimension to what you are having them as... You have nowhere to go with them. Yeah, I see your point. You, you get stuck into that. If you saw Braun Strowman doing the same thing for eight years, you know, it's, for instance, how do you, how did people react to Roman Reigns when he was getting pushed down their throats, right? You were able to do something different with him when you brought him back as his heel. Mm-hmm. Braun is bigger than Roman Reigns. So, you know, it's it's hard to come up with that balance of, okay, if we push this guy too much, fans are going to get sick of him. Then we're going to have to do something to make him stand apart. And that's almost impossible to do because, like you just said, well, if he's a big guy now, how come all of a sudden he's a teddy bear and he, he doesn't want to, you know, he was picked on him when he was a kid and et cetera, et cetera. So it's fucking hard to write for those guys. Especially if you've never been a giant. And that's, I think, one of the biggest factors. No one on that staff knows what it's like to be in that man shows. Let me ask you a question real quick, and I'll leave it there. Did, did anybody else feel that the way that they did, or the way Andre the Giant was presented, made sense? And every other big man after that is just fucking, big fucking question mark. Is it just me? Well... What do you mean? Like, in terms of the way they used Andre? Yeah, the way they used Andre. I, just, I don't know. I just felt like when I look at Andre, and I look at him as a giant, I could see him. I mean, he wasn't always 100% destructive. He wasn't always 100% serious. You know, he had a soft side to him, a joking side. But it for me, maybe because I was a kid and I was watching, I felt like it made sense. I felt like what they've done with the big show, they damn near new to that man by the time he went over to WWE. Uh, you know, Send them with Braun Strowman. They've done it probably with other big guys, and they'll probably continue to. I'm just wondering, like, 
I feel so, like they did it right with Andre. Okay, they had no choice because they only actually had Andre in a national eye, the WWE, the WWF, Vince McMahon-led eye, from essentially 84 until, you know, 89. <laughs> it was about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, That's crazy. Hey, by the way, Jay just said who? Seemed like longer. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jay. She said who? <laughs> we're, we're aging ourselves. Oh, my God. Go ahead, yeah, Nick. you're right. She's let's, probably let's, joking. She's joking. Let's 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 get back on track here yeah, and talk yeah, about yeah. stuff that Jade wants to hear about. So Edge is absolutely. <laughs> not- <laughs> oh, you hit the trigger word! Oh my god! Oh boy, here we oh, go! Oh man! <laughs> no, it, 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 Michaels, you brought up an amazing point. Like I didn't even think about that, but realistically, Andre was only in WWF. For like in a national capacity for five years. That's crazy. It seemed like it was so much longer. And at that point too, what's what's even then you you look at the fact that he wasn't um, nearly as capable either athletically at that point. So you had a situation because there was no internet, no you know, no national company, just all the you know territories and stuff, where Vince's dad booked him out to all these different companies. And he was an attraction and was beloved because of that. When you came in, you got to see something you've never seen in your life. Now you can Google, you know, nine foot giant and probably get 15 results. And please, people do not Google that because you're going to get the weirdest kind of result (laughs) that you don't want to really see. (laughs) All right, man. Good stuff. And by the way, yes, you have caused uh jay to f- go off okay um let's go to our second count from bleacherreport.com <laughs> who will be wwe's next megastar after roman reigns so let's read a little bit of what it says it says that wwe is a business that goes beyond professional wrestling it is sports entertainment built on the idea that is superstars can be stars who can stand above the rest of the brand. However, few make that leap. The Rock, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, John Cena, and Bret Hart are among those who have managed to find success that, trans- that transcends their counterparts and they become megastars. And the latest wrestler to break through that ceiling is Roman Reigns. And while he has not quite hit the true mainstream, he is the biggest act in wrestling, able to stand next to John Cena at the peak of the champs mainstream Hollywood rise. And it is likely the WWE Universal Champion will stand at that peak for a while longer, but eventually everything will shift again. A new star will step up, especially if Reigns can pull off a move to Hollywood like Cena or his cousin, The Rock. And then while Reigns' success seems assured, there are plenty of other wrestlers who could be next to make that leap. To do so, they will need to both shine in WWE and outside of it, Let's take a look at a few who could be the next megastars for WWE. So we're just going to look at his list, and we'll just see what you guys think about who he mentions. Um, The honorable mentions is Damian Priest, Bianca Belair. Those are are the two right there. Then for number two, uh, Sasha Banks. Number three, Becky Lynch. Number four, Drew McIntyre. 
And number five, Big E. I'm going to start with you, Simon Street. What do you think will be the next big megastar that will come after Roman Reigns that can uh, that can take it to the next level, WWE? Now, you want me to go from that list, correct? Well, I mean, you just you could just choose in just one off the list. If you want to just randomly speak why you would not choose another one, you can. It's up to you. But I just want to know, of the list that I just, what what is your particular take over it? Uh, you know, to be completely honest with you, um, and I say this biased, but honestly, if she does not fuck it up, okay, Sasha Banks, and I'm just being honest, since he seems like I'm proud of you, probably maybe because sometimes she gets close to kind of saying some shit. Let me ask you, you know, because there hasn't been. Am I lying? Am I lying? No, am I lying? Sin City, am I lying? Just saying. When you look at when you go through the names, so The Rock, Stone Cold, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, John Cena, Bret Hart. One thing you notice from that is what? No championships. Way. Well, 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 cha- well, well, championships and no women. No women. No women. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No women. I mean, but uh, no. So I, I didn't hear that, you say what's missing. But go ahead. And I'm not. So I'm not saying that what you're saying is is wrong. But I'm just saying that's going to be a a pretty high challenge for Sasha Banks to be oh, yeah. the head of that company. But you believe she could do it out of the names that was listed. I believe that she can in the capacity of where I see wrestling going, not just to WWE. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a big money ticket to really push women's wrestling. And probably in the next three to four years, you'll see more women's wrestling, if not a whole show. So in that capacity of a whole show, mm-hmm. if right now WWE said, hey, in 2022, WWE's women wrestling, whole fucking show. Why would you not have Sasha Banks at the front of that? But that's that's not the question. Is Sasha Banks John Cena? I think so. She's already freaking doing movie roles. And again, that's why I said if, if she doesn't make the mistake that many people make, obviously, in cancel culture history that we have now, it's kind of keeping it straight. I mean, she's done The Mandalorian. A lot of people, even that's, that's outside true. of fans, hold on, let me finish. Even outside of fans thought that it was a good start from her. She looked comfortable. A lot of other movie people are trying to reach out to her. I don't know what she's personally. I'm just saying, out of all the people, I right. would say. But but, but 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 the question becomes again: Is she John Cena? Is she John the com- Cena? The company. Uh, the, see, that's that's the. Uh, I'm I'm I get where you're coming from, but that name made me go. Ah. Uh. So and just so, and so what would she be missing that John Cena is though? Is it the way she's packaged in the company? Being Charlotte Flair. Yeah, but Charlotte Flair couldn't act to save her life. As far as movies. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about acting. If we want to oh, talk about people going on to be an actor, Alexa Bliss is probably the first person you're you right. pick out and you go, go ahead, man, make your millions. You're right. But but quite honestly, is Sasha Banks is not a Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is the closest thing in wrestling that you have to a Hogan, to a Cena, to a Rock. So that's this is why it's a hard question. According to Sean, he just said uh, Sasha's career is half over. She hasn't done it yet. She has been great, but face of the company, absolutely not. Wow. So everybody, so 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 I'm gonna stick with the women thing. All right. Who would y'all say 
if a woman could be chosen. Well, because I, I think that that's I tell you what, who would it be? Why don't we do this? Because we we I want I want to ask the other guys their thoughts on this, and maybe they may choose a woman. They did name Becky Lynch. They did name Bianca Belair. Uh, Sasha name. I mean, it's almost just as many women. I think it's half women, half guys. So there's a possibility one of the guys may choose that. Let me go over to you, Matt Michael. Let's just jump over to you. What, what from this list? Who do you see being the new face? And maybe this. Maybe he's wrong on all these names. Maybe you already see another person that wasn't listed that could become the face of WWE. So it, it's it's a weird this as a substance is very kind of um, the, the way he picked people is kind of weirdly contradictory because you pick Damian priest and priest could actually have potential, especially when you're talking about being in Spanish speaking, mm-hmm. you know, movie television, no doubt, but Priest is almost 40 years old, and by no means do you make him the face of your company. There's there's no way. I mean, that's it's not gonna happen. He's not gonna become Hulk Hogan. And to to that extent that um Sean just said with, with Sasha. Um, I think the same thing with Becky. I think that Becky had so many years under her belt, and it took a fluke accident for her to all of a sudden emerge with something, right? Um, Bianca has the most potential if you're looking at from a women's side because of the fact that Bianca is someone they are creating now. So she doesn't have that excessive baggage or whatever, and she has the potential of being as good as someone as a Charlotte Flair in terms of having the wrestling presence because she's an athlete and also transforms naturally into an actress. So that is a good possibility. Big E is kind of in that same boat, man. He's he you can see it, but at the same time, it's he he's been there forever. <laughs> and he's just not been able to to hit that. You don't you don't think of Big E and Ric Flair in the same breath. Now, that also brings up an interesting question. This guy said all these names, you know, Hogan, Cena, Rock, Austin. Ric Flair. And I think Ric Flair is kind of an anomaly because Ric Flair is more known for the the character and the wrestling, but Rick never really did anything outside of wrestling. So that becomes another factor. And that's where I think Charlotte might have a problem, right? Because I think Charlotte is poised to be on the wrestling side as one of the greatest ever. I agree with that one. And, And is almost the greatest woman's wrestler ever right now. But can she translate into, into, uh, you know, just regular, could she host a game show? You know, that's why Cena is so different than everything because Hulk Hogan, a movie guy, you know, The Rock has been different. You know, Cena and The Rock are kind of running in that same circle because they appeal to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you put them as, as a host on uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. You could put them as a game show host. You can put them as, a, you know, in a comedy or in a drama or whatever you want to do with these guys. So you got to look at that. And man, I think that what it comes down to is that person's not there yet. I don't think the person's there yet. Mm-hmm. Bianca's the closest in terms of potential. But I can't, I mean, can you honestly even look at poss- possibly cross? Possibly, but I don't know if 
you know, it's yet to it, be determined. Like you said, right. it's, it really it's is. tough. That's tough. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, this is tough. A lot of people are throwing their comments in on the, on the chat and we see you keep posting them. But, um, let me go over to you, San City. What's your take? You've seen this list. You agree with anyone on this name you see being the face? Or is there maybe a name that he forgot to uh, throw on there? I do. Um, I I actually think that um, Big E is somebody that you could actually get behind and build. Yes, uh, Matt, you did mention he's 35. Um now he has been around for um quite a few years um he signed with wwe back in 2009 thank you to this article for pointing out facts um (laughs) but nonetheless um i think that realistically speaking him holding the money in the bank briefcase right now could go miles for him and being able to you know launch something now out of out of the people on the main roster as far as just overall charisma and every time that he is in front of a camera that i will watch whatever vignette he's in Mm -hmm. whatever kind of whatever kind of promo that he's cutting that person is big e um he's he's extremely captivating um and he's he's so much untapped potential and it's crazy that we're saying that about somebody that's 35 years old but at the end of the day, he has he's taken extraordinarily good care of himself, um, and he's he's actually you know trimming down a bit. Uh, not that he had anything to worry about, yeah. but he's you know he's getting even more shredded. Um, this guy is primed for the prime of his career. Keep in mind, it's it's been you know a, a thing in the wrestling business for quite some time the the decade where you're going to make the most money has always been in your 40s. Hmm. So that's that's that was something that has been the case for quite some time. Um you take somebody Ooh. like an age yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, and I'm just going off of the examples he set and yeah, he Austin Rock and Cena yeah. none of those guys were in their 40s when they were making their, their So money. well not the so rock when, Right. Oh, neither was so, Austin, neither was Cena. So, I mean, realistically speaking, it, it's something that, you know, I definitely think that depending on how he's treated and depending on, you know, how far they are willing to go with him, that's going to speak volumes. Because realistically, at the end of the day, if he's not given that opportunity, then it's it's not going to happen regardless. Um, that's that's the, uh, the hindrance of the the machine that is wwe yes they have an amazing an amazing platform but if if you're not if you're not pushed it's going to take something like getting your nose broken by nia Jax in order to get you to that next level um but isn't it as fair is to, the case with becky lynch isn't it fair to say though in in some regard that the last what new day's been around for what seven years six years something like that i guess yeah about that yeah um that the popularity was already there and and that's what makes me wonder why the trigger was never pulled in fact why did why did they pull the why did they pull the trigger on kofi and not biggie i i think they felt that they weren't ready for biggie 
to be completely right. honest with you, they weren't, they, he, he had everything, but I think the one thing is, is he didn't have seasoning and it, and I don't think they wanted to waste it on him. If they gave him that push and he fought flat on his face, he could, could have very well, he wouldn't have been with us today. Another thing to keep in mind as well, uh, realistically is he came to the WWE as a power lifter. Sure. He, he, he did not, he did not come to the WWE as a wrestler. So it was one of those things where he, everything that we're seeing has been built from the ground up since 2009. So as far as his in-ring ability, as far as his, you know, his character development, you know, it, it's one of those things that he, it, it takes, it, it takes somebody with a natural charisma to even be in this discussion. Um, I, I, out of the names mentioned, Yes, I think Bianca Belair has, you know, the the easiest, I don't want to say the easiest road, but she definitely has the most time ahead of her. And as a result, almost by default, she, you know, she out of the people on this list is the odds on favorite. But I think if you, if we don't factor necessarily age into it, I think Big E without question is could very well be a major, major superstar and could be in the running to be the face of the company. Sean said that Big E has to stop portraying having sex with the money in the bank case yes. in the corner. He won't be taken <laughs> seriously until the comedy that, stops. I agree with that 100%. I, 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 was, I was actually I, – I was going to say the comedy thing is – that is why I don't think they ever pulled the trigger on him when he was you know a part of New Day. Is because they they were but they were you, com, they were comedy based. All right. And so, so but but you bring up a good point. So that then comes down to giving direction and listening to the direction and taking the character a certain way. Now we're not just talking about the face of the company. Remember, we're talking about people who transcend professional wrestling and become mainstream. By the way, the guy didn't even mention Batista. Like, who would ever fucking thought Batista would have transcended and gone into the mainstream yeah. and possibly be, become more popular in the mainstream than he ever was as a wrestler. I so, think so. And he's a part yeah. of MCU. Aha. Yeah, well. And was this close to having his own Drax uh, a movie as far as a conversation? Maybe not as actually a green light. That's huge. But that, but that takes up a good question, and that is, if you're already typing him as a comedy act, then how does he translate in the, in the, um, you know, being able to turn that over into Hollywood money, you know? So well, there's a lot honest. of, what I'm saying is there's a lot of questions, just like Sasha, there's a lot of questions with Big E, because they're kind of in the same ballpark. So would you say that, that that a lot of times people end up getting typecasted because of what they are presented in wrestling to where it would be really hard for people to kind of see them in a different role per se because Big E does the whole gyration and he's always been booked as a comedy act. If he did start doing movies, it would be really hard for people to see that. You um, know? So Big E's biggest contribution will be if they, if they can get the um... – the our heroes rock project off the ground because that is perfect for what you know that kind of influence that he could have in terms of being a, a you know a, a teacher who is someone who is you can look up to you know yeah. and tell the stories um i think that 
honestly, almost every single scenario with a wrestler started off as a typecasting when they've made a transition. I mean, we'll start with the first one. Hogan played a fucking wrestler. Yeah. Not <laughs> only in Rocky, that got him the, the, the main eyes to get him into the WWF, you know, Ethra. But then Vince decides, oh, we'll do a movie about you as a wrestler. And it's like, from that point on, you look at the shit that he did, and it's like nothing. Nothing. Yeah fucking held up for him because the stuff he got was not great because he was looked at as Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And that's why The Rock and Cena now and you know to some extent now Batista kind of coming up with a little bit of steam. They're getting opportunities that people have never gotten before. Now and I'm... they're and again it's it it diversifies not only in in movies but television and hosting and you know, and spokesperson and that kind of stuff that you're seeing these people all around. So, um, listen, we you could you could look at guys too, like um, McFoley, right? McFoley yeah. is a good example of someone who became a very well-known name. But one of the reasons he became such a big name is because he wrote a book. You know, and so and that's one thing Rock has that none of these other guys have under their belt, essentially is a number one book yeah so can you find that next person i don't know man wow i don't know well good stuff guys uh really big conversation even sean mentioned something else but that'll even keep the conversation going and we got to get to the next (laughs) but um good stuff all right let's uh let's move over to the third count from the sportster.com and it's titled, What Should the End Goal of Having Wrestling Legends in AEW Be? So let's read a little mm-hmm. bit of it. It says, AEW has a trend of bringing in wrestling legends like Sting to help out younger legends. But what should the end goal of the team of, of these teams be? AEW has made a concerted effort to integrate wrestling legends of the past into the full-time product. And this is a much different system from WWE, who usually will out their legends in Hall of Famers in a special episode of Raw and SmackDown, like the anniversary shows and special episodes like Legends Night. And these special shows have led to a, a mixed bag in how the legends are used. The more frequent they happen, the less special each legend feels. The latest of the of these special legends, of these shows, Legends Night, was especially egregious and featured Randy Orton destroying and demeaning a number of WWE legends. And AEW, however, have always treated their legends with respect. Sting debuted with a huge fanfare and started an immediate partnership with Darby Allin, one of their hottest young stars. Sting and Darby Allin have since been putting on the huge matches, which have more often than not stolen the show. Arn Anderson has been brought in as Cody's Rhodes coach, accompanying Cody to all of his matches, and Jake the Snake Roberts has done the same with Lance Archer. So it started, uh, article started to talk about the partnership between the legends and the young talent, pretty much saying in those articles that, you know, nothing is really happening with the legends and their talent. They just kind of come and, same thing every week, uh, you know, maybe help out, maybe say a few words, but there's really uh, nothing there. So it goes into that. Um, and then it comes on, it, it breaks down and goes and says that uh, what probably should happen 
is that each last one of the names that they named, which was Sting and, and Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake, he was saying that there should probably be a, some part that the younger wrestlers that they're teamed up with, I guess including Cody, if you want to throw him in the, in the young, <laughs> um, that maybe, you know, they should turn on these guys. That could be something that would be good to turn on Jake or turn on Arn or turn on to Sting. But nevertheless, how he ends the article is saying that these partnerships have end goals that could go on to propel the young guys into heights and they haven't reached before. But the journey to that end goal could use a little more twist and turns along the way to keep things as fresh as they need to be. All right. So, Matt Michaels, you get to start this one off. Um, apparently here he's saying, look, uh, AEW apparently treats legends a little bit more respect. And yes, we do enjoy seeing the legends uh, when they're teamed up with some of the young guys. And yeah, I mean, it's great to see. But then there's really nothing too much going on between them. They just kind of show up all the time or whatever. Something needs to happen. Something, someone needs to turn on someone. And that maybe will boost, give that Darby Allen to, to turn on, uh, uh, if you know, turn on Sting or boost Lynch Archer for, you know, if he turns on Jake the Snake. What's your take on this particular article as you kind of read through and kind of see what he's, what he's trying to say? So at the same breath, oh, WWE brought in Goldberg again. Oh, Edge is in. Up, oh, Cena is in. Oh, they're messing. Oh, you're, mm-hmm. oh, but A and W treats them with with respect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, once the last time you're like, oh, great, Jake the Snake Roberts is on TV. Who fucking cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. Seriously, I still question. In this article, this is how much that this impact has been made on them. Mm-hmm. They didn't even mention Tully Blanchard. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he's on there and, all the time. Yeah. And on top of that, this guy starts talking as if, oh, I can't wait to see when Darby turns on Sting because he literally says in this mm-hmm. that that's going to be an amazing match. <laughs> it, you know what? It's all it is is TK has money. TK decides that, hey, I can hang out with Jake Roberts. Here's a three-year deal. Great. Make the money. Take it. But in terms of being any part of the reason that anyone watches, I mean, there might be 10 people who watch because Sting is part of the show. But you're watching for Darby Allen. If Sting wasn't with Darby Allen, you're not going, well, I'm not watching Darby Allen anymore. Right. And so I, I think this his points are just kind of stupid. Yeah, you know, Simon Street, I was reading a comment here. John said that I saw Flair and Sting wrestle each other in their true prime in January 1991 in San Francisco. 30 years later, damn, I'm old. <laughs> I don't want to see them take up TV time anymore. Would you agree with well, that, that sentiment right really, there? Okay, really quick. Yeah, sure. And, and, and the point in this article actually said, that the last time that Sting wrestled on TNT, I guess, it was the Flair-Sting match. And Mm -hmm. with all the rumors now that Flair's coming to AEW, um, hey, man, in in three years, we can see Flair and Sting wrestle the last match of AEW, too. Yeah. 
<laughs> Simon, what's, what's your take on this whole thing, man? You got legends here, man. Uh, AEW seem to uh, they seem to pick up WWE legends and apparently treat them a, a little bit more respect by having them on the show every week. Uh, is that necessary? What's your take? To be honest with you, uh, the one thing that I I personally feel that AEW has done correctly is with regards to their legends, um, and I say it to this extent. Have them be like, you know, mentors. Yeah, obviously, right? But also have it to where their influence is and set the trend so that down the road, once Jake the Steak is gone, Blanche is done, you know, Sting is done, you have the next racket of people, Christian Cage, you know what I mean, uh, Mark Henry, Big Show, you know what I mean? They take their little, I would like to see something like that because there is a nostalgia factor Mm-hmm. to see in those but i don't want to see them in the capacity of they're constantly in match and that's what wwe would end up doing more or less they would have them in a match with somebody totally get squashed it's like okay at least in this one they're kind of like you know uh y'all ever seen ant-man you've seen ant-man right okay so ant-man you have uh, uh douglas's character he was the old ant-man he didn't jump in that goddamn suit and did shit but he was always there Mm-hmm. And I kind of like seeing that. I know it's the only thing that came to my mind, but I think that that's the perfect thing. I like how AEW does it. I'm cool with it. All right. Well, that leaves you, Sin City Steve, definitely being that this is the show that you uh, you talked most about here. What's your take on seeing WWE Legends? Do you feel that they are being used correctly? What's missing? Is there anything missing? What's your take on the article? Uh, honestly, I I don't have too many issues with the way that aw is using legends okay um i think that they're they are at a saturation point i don't want to see any more coaches or you know um mentors or whatever the hell they're choosing to to call these guys um i think they're you know we're full um so there's no need to to unearth any other any other people um obviously flair is going to end up being on there with andrade that I mean, we can basically, that's a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's one of those things that it, as long as they don't trot out absolutely, you know, everybody, um, then then it's not too big of an ordeal. Now, keep in mind, um, the thing that I do have to agree with Michaels on okay. is this, uh, this, art, this article did go into the details about, you know, how things will be better once Darby turns on Sting or um, Archer turns on Jake or Cody turns on Arn. Mm-hmm. Fantasy book it all you want. I mean, whatever. Realistically, that's that's going to be a vehicle to to help those guys get over. Um, in in the terms of Cody, yeah, it whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, am I going to be pissed off that he beats up Arn Anderson? No. I mean, it. I'm I, I'm not gonna get any any kind of like it, him beating up Arn is not going to make me hate him. Okay. For instance. Yeah. Um. It's 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 one of those things where if they choose to have one of those guys turn on their mentor, it's strictly going to be a storyline. A storyline. Just to uh, get the person out. Just to just to get know, the person get, out. Just to write him yeah. off. Yeah. Um. And realistically, I mean, that's fine. Um, ultimately they should be used. I, 
I, I the reason why I say I don't have a big problem with them using them the way that they have is because mo more often than not, they are giving whatever talent that they're with a rub of, hey, Sting's with Darby Allen. Why Sting with Darby Allen? Mm -hmm. And so immediately you ask more questions. So thus, it's, it's more thought-provoking. Now, I am not happy to see Sting in the ring as much as he has been. Um, I, we've talked about that on the show, um, but I don't, I don't really have too much of a problem with them using them as they have, but we're at a saturation point, no more. Got and that's, and that's, a, that's a very good point, Steve, because, you know, this, this article, like I said, and mentioned Tully, it also in bringing up Andrade and probably having flair, you also had Vicky Guerrero. And yep. you also had Travel Guerrero with Andrade. So, A, that goes to my point that Andrade just is not the fucking person that you want to make him. And, B, um, those two more names right there, um, you also have to think of Matt Hardy's in this same role. You also have to think that, uh, you know, Christian is being used in the ring, but you're about to see at some point that transition happen. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are, you could almost associate almost probably half the roster that is the, you know, active roster having some X person being paired up with for yeah. some reason or another. Yep. And saturation point is a great way to describe it because unfortunately, um, you know what? They're not the first place to do this and we saw this when TN, tna was bringing in these guys mm -hmm. it killed their product and that's why i say if you keep going like this yeah flair and sting will wrestle your last show on this program too on tnt so don't do it stay away from it why buy into this whole thing of we have to have you know all these older people on the show it's like your whole thing is, well, we're a demographic of 18 to 49. Great. Then why do you need these guys? I, I could I could see it and obviously, you know, make excuses for it when they were a year into the business. Um, but sure. now, it, it, uh, because realistically, it was smart when they first started everything up so that casual fans, as they're flipping through the channels, and, oh, shit, is sure. that Sting? He's still wrestling? That kind of thing, which, you know, take it as you will. But, yeah, I, I think that, you know, sooner or later, hopefully sooner, they'll get to that point where, you know, some of these guys will be siphoned off the shelf. Shit, we didn't even mention Taz. I, 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 yeah, I, know. I was yeah. about ready to mention Taz, like, yeah. Fuck, it's, you know, and eventually this is where Jericho's headed now, too. So if you've already got someone like Jericho, do we really need, like, X? <laughs> It's like you already have a guy here who's perfect for this. So, I don't know. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. That is our three count. And uh, we want to thank everybody. Man, the uh, chat was definitely lit tonight. A lot of people had a lot to say. Poppin'. Yes. Thanks for hanging out with us there. Um, all right. Let's give our final thoughts, man. Uh, man, <laughs> I know, right? I was going to read that comment, but I was like, oh, man. <laughs> you know what? The hell. Why not? <laughs> uh <laughs> So, um, Sean says, you know, at least May Young was going through tables, and then, <laughs> and then Chris goes, she was also wearing schoolgirl outfits and shoving her nine hundred year old cooch in Bischoff's face too. 
Hey man, you got to put in work. It's hard out here. You know what? I, you know what was really funny about that too is mentioning the fact no one knew who the fuck May Young was. It's true, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So people had a little bit of idea of Moolah because she had some association throughout the whole arch of Vince's, you know, having the, the company go national. But Mae Young, man, people just found her, which is a different scenario than bringing in, quote unquote, legends, because Mae Young had the best portion of her career when she was in her 80s. Yeah, right? yeah. you're yeah. damn right. <clears throat> All right, guys. Um, final thoughts, man. What do you want to tell the people tonight and this week? Let's start with you, Simon Street. Look, everybody, continue to be safe. Continue to be, uh, you know, at the best possible version of yourself you can. And uh, don't try to demean or take away anything from anybody. And uh, continue to support Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. And uh, if you like us, follow us. Click that subscribe. And by all means, give some money our way because we do this for you but we don't do it for cheap oh my god we sound like we corbin now <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. only a hundred thousand dollars right only <laughs> and we do have a cash app so if you ball in uh feel free to uh hit us with that uh that 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 money sign vegas bad boys with a z and we'll definitely use that we actually do take uh those uh donations given and we just help promote um yeah uh, our show and uh you know do things like we have like we had our giveaway and different things like that so we thank everybody for what you do and we appreciate that sin city what you want to tell the good people thank you guys for hanging out with us uh tonight was a lot of fun in the chat so uh shout out to everybody in there it was awesome um also um we're going to be out and about this coming weekend uh, at the various indie shows mm -hmm. and obviously at SummerSlam itself. So if you see someone rocking a, a Vegas Bad Boys shirt, don't hesitate. Yeah. Come up to us. Say what's up. Yes. Um, you know, it, we're, we're all, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I mean, we're all pretty damn approachable. Yeah. So yeah, just come up, say what's up, man. I know that I'm going to be at uh, the GCW show. I'm going to be at the FSW shows, um, Grab House. Um, I'm going to be all over the place. So, um, yeah, swing by, say what's up. Um, also very special shout out and thank you to every brave man and woman serving this country on lands, both foreign and domestic. You enable us to do what we do. Thank you. And also last but not least repsports.com, repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout, save yourself 15%. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, and general wellness needs. Again, repsports.com, promo code Vegas at checkout. Save yourself 15%. No doubt. Matt Michaels. Yeah, this week, uh, another passing in uh, the wrestling world, uh, Davik Danucci, who uh, was in his 80s. Um, he, uh, he did pass away. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was a wrestler that – was popular in the sixties uh, and seventies. Um, but really, um, biggest thing for Dominic Dinucci is that he trained Mick Foley, uh, and Shane Douglas. So, yeah. um, you know, he, he, he was someone who made an impact in uh, pro wrestling and, uh, you know, um, even though he was older, um, you know, it's still a shame that, uh, another week, another passing. Yeah. Well, we will, Keep that name. Remember that name. And um, 
We'll just who, con- who, what, who was and it? we he, and we'll just continue Kenichi, to <laughs> to uh, never to forget them impact. Up. So with that, let's get out of here, man. Um, it's gonna be fun this week, and I hope to see some of you guys out there this weekend. Weekend, be safe though. All right, we, we still in this craziness, so definitely be safe. Uh, with that. Thank you for checking us out. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.